It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. A reminder, Raiders games right here on The Zone every weekend. Raiders 4-2 right now, and this week's Raider game against the Philadelphia Eagles is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. All right, we got polls up for the college football games this weekend. Who is going to win? Who's going to get the W? And who's taking the L? These fan bases are very, very upbeat. 72% of the people think BYU is going to win. 73% think Utah is going to win. 87% think Utah State will win. 87? Good for them, man. Two of the three on the road. Two of the three against teams with winning records. The other CSU is right at three and three. All of these opponents are coming in winning either three out of the last four, in the case of CSU, four out of five for Oregon State, Washington State, four out of five when they have their starting quarterback, who they will have. Now, a huge question mark for Washington State because they've lost their head coach and half their assistants. Yeah, that's why I can't really acknowledge Utah being in first place because they got a break. Their quarterback wasn't there. I mean, they lose that game if Delore's there. Come on. <laughs> That's not what you just wrote. You just wrote they'd be 5-1 and one or 6-0 and oh if they'd started rising. You totally blew past the Delore well, they stuff. They didn't start rising until that game. That's what I'm saying. And they would have lost that game if Delore was there. And rising would be 2-1. and one. It wouldn't be the same level of... wouldn't be the same storyline and the same level of high. I agree. That's what you think, huh? That's what you just said. That's what you're implying. That's what you just said. You just right. said it. Trying to summarize what you're thinking you're, implying because you you're just, dodging No, it. you said it. No, okay, fine. You just said it. The words came out of your mouth. I heard it with my ease. Oh, you're going Jersey now, huh? Let's stop pronouncing <laughs> I mean, ours. come on. Rose Bowl, man. How funky would that be? You lose to BYU and you go to the Rose Bowl. Seems like a good trade. But I'm not as invested in the rivalry as people around here. But I grew up in Southern California watching the Rose Bowl thinking it was the greatest thing ever. Because my dad watched the Rose Bowl and thought it was the greatest thing ever. I've been there. (laughs) Tell us about it. I've been there. Again. It was the greatest moment ever. The granddaddy. Just going there... I dropped to my knees and kissed the soil. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> Were you on the golf course parking your car? No. Or somebody's front yard parking the car. No, I actually had media, a media pass. Ooh, nice. Nicely done. I did park on the course when I was down there two, two yeah, years Yeah, Brook, Brookside, they've got the, the 218s there. Now, I had played that course a number of times, so I'd been in the area uh, when the game, when there was no, it's not game day, obviously. I mean, What's the guy you try and park on the green and they were not having yeah that. they got a par three right there uh, that that uh is literally right next to it i mean the whole course is right next to it but that's as close as you can get you can hit a nine iron into the over the stadium if you wanted i'm sure dinglings have tried that um but i actually i got a media pass so i parked in the media parking and, it, and i i gotta admit man it was way way cool now, I was barely into my media career, so I wasn't as hard and cynical and jaded yeah, as I am now. 
but still, it was my school, my team, and at that time, I believe it was the greatest college football game. You know, it's been watered down to an extent, but if the Utes go this year, I'm not watering it down whatsoever, so don't mistake that. It would be a phenomenal accomplishment, absolutely. And then you, you know, you talk about golf playing the four majors. You're getting the four original majors, and you would have had three of them in college football with Fiesta. I guess Fiesta isn't an original one, but nevertheless, you would have Sugar Fiesta and Rose, and that would be super, super cool. And it's way cooler than your uh, regular season games. And I know a lot of you fans, I've, I've seen you there. I've taken pictures with you there. I've talked to you, BYU and Utah. But it wouldn't be the same. And if they get this opportunity to go, and I can speak to that as a fan. You didn't grow up with a rival. I did with the Cats. And the year the Dun- Sun Devils went, the first time they've won, and the only time they won, they actually lost to Arizona that year. And you didn't care. Now the well, you, well I, I don't remember what I cared or didn't care because it was so long ago. But I barely, I don't remember anything about that game. But I could tell you standing in the Rose Bowl and watching your team and they have your name, your school's name in the end zone. And it's 2.30 in the afternoon on January 1st. And God always blesses that day with a gorgeous weather day. And you just feel just a surge of pride as your team is running out the tunnel. So if you used to get that, it would be somewhat ironic, but it would be a footnote. Maybe it's a bigger of, of a footnote because it was the streak. I don't recall at the time if the Cats or Devils had a streak against each other in the 1986 season. Now, interestingly, in that season... The, uh, if I remember correctly, the Devils beat Cal like in the second week of November to clinch it. So they had games. The, the Arizona game actually didn't mean anything in terms of the conference race. It had already been clinched. Now, certainly, BYU game means nothing in the conference race because it's a non-conference game, no less. So if I'm a Ute fan, you are going to lose to those Cougars at some point. It just wasn't going to continue forever. Just the, the dumb luck would have let them win. Not saying that that's how they won, but at some point they were going to win, right? And so if you can get a Rose Bowl out of it, yeah, take that trade every time. I would think. And then you can rationalize, oh, psh, they chose the wrong quarterback. We would have beat you as if we would have had Cam. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you can do that in a heartbeat, can't you? PK said it was okay. Read this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if Rising would have made a difference. I believe fully he would have made a difference in San Jose State because I saw the difference in the. Well, hats. you saw the difference, and yeah. it was an OT game, right? As opposed to a two possession game, and you didn't see the difference, right? You didn't, so I don't know. And his, the line was struggling big time at that point, but his ability to run bought him just enough time, mm-hmm. made just enough plays to bring him back against San Diego State. And, and the line wasn't good, and he was still running all over the place, and he took some enormous hits in that game. He has not taken nearly as many hits the last three games as he took in that one. No. But he's strong, and he's fast, and he can run. And he runs through arm tackles, and you don't just grab a handful of jersey and drag him down. And he's Joe Cool. 
Like his interviews. He's like Surfer Boy. <laughs> he is. He's Southern California if it's the profile. A little inland, but nevertheless. Newberry Park's not that far inland. For the L.A. area, it is. Yeah. But the L.A. area is close to the water anyway. But, uh, yeah, he's just, he's got that laid back, Joe Cool, I got this. What are you guys worried about? We're going to be okay. Hey, everything's fine. And since I stuck my neck out, he does not know this. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) I do. After I said that, thanks for not going out and throwing four picks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You backed me up. I said in training camp, they got to go with this guy, man. Because I had heard last year when he had the competition with Bentley and everything was closed, but that doesn't matter. You can still find out. I didn't see it for myself. But folks that said it, I have access, and I'm never going to give them up. But I heard how well he played. And so I ju- and, and, and I remember the first time I interviewed him, interviewed him, and just how cool he looked. And they kept bringing in guys. He's like, I don't care. Bring in, bring in who you want, man. You know, it's going to be competition. What, did I think that I was just come here and they were going to hand me the starting job? And he didn't say that literally, but those are the emotions and feelings that he was the impressions that I were, was getting, like, well, yeah, of course they're going to bring in some. They're going to bring in somebody every year. This is the way it is. They brought me in. And so whoever, I don't even remember who was quarterbacking then, but whoever, but I think, well, why are you bringing in this guy? That's the way it is. And they're going to bring in somebody next year and the year after and so forth. And it's just going to continue because it's all about competition, and you got to have that competition. You just can't have it. That was one of Steve Cleveland's biggest gripes when he took over BYU is he had, like, two or three guys who could play at that level and the rest of them couldn't. So those guys knew they could coast because they were going to play. Not all of them. Kelly Wesley was not a coaster by any stretch. The guy balled out big time, the heart of a lion for sure. And, but his complaint was we don't have competition in practice. So we're not getting better. You know what I mean? Because they weren't good enough. Cause it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just, the, the, the roster wasn't, Good enough. And you want that. So, of course, you're going to bring in guys. But he just let it roll off his back. And then he's actually come out and played well. Oh, I would hate him if he sucked. But since he's playing well, I love him. He's my favorite player. Next to Flexman. Well, now make him 4-0. Because it was a proven Saturday last Saturday, but I feel like we're just doubling down on that. Well, but that's the reality if you're in a good position. Is that every game then until you actually clinch that sure, every game? But you can get the below average. Get bigger. You can get below average opponents, and these are not. I mean, we were just talking about how but you still it, have to prove it. I get your point. Yeah, but it's like the top twenty-five. There's no top twenty-five teams playing each other. At least nobody's playing a team with a losing record. There are games in college football when you go to the stadium and you are ninety-five percent sure. That the 5% is because there's going to be three or four turnovers. And other than that... But that's rare in a Pac-12. It is. But there's still the Arizona and Colorado this games. Year, <laughs> this year. This year, there's usually a couple of teams in a Pac-12 you don't think can pull stuff off. Uh, I don't they know might, that they might combine historically this bad since it's been Somebody's, the 12. Well, it's that they're in the same division, too. Yeah, and you get up, you get to play ball. That's why they right. need to freaking do away with those divisions. It's going to happen. They, it's coming. It, it absolutely has to happen. I think it happens I'm when convinced. they change the playoff format. I don't know that it happens until then. It, but when it, they change the playoff, it's format. not in the Pac-12's best interest 
to have divisions. At first, I thought so, and you keep the purity of it like the old National League and the American League, and they only play each other in a World Series. Now well, you got interleague play, yeah. and the Astros and the Brewers have switched leagues, so I'm over it. I am too. And then we found out that the fans actually liked the interleague play because attendance had spiked. Like, okay, yeah. you got to get with the times. I got with the times. And it's no big deal. When the, Whoever wins the World Series going to be jumping up and down, spraying champagne, going nuts. It's not going to matter. Well, I may have played them in May. Who cares? It doesn't matter. So it's the same thing. I thought the divisions was a good thing in the beginning. But now, no. I want Once, it gone. When we have the 12-team playoff, it might happen before. I can't tell you that. I think but it should happen next season. When, it, when we get to the 12-team playoff, you would be crazy to risk throwing an 8- or 9-win team into the title game against someone who's got 11 or 12 wins and getting knocked out. Put your two best teams in there. Yeah, but so if you, you get an automatic chance. bid, that's actually the time to do it. What difference but does you it won't, make? But it won't be automatic. If the top six league champs are in, your eight and four division winner may not be ranked. You could get aced out. You could be hammered. But if a- you get an automatic bid and the Pac-12 winner, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. I don't think you're getting an automatic. I don't bid. know that. I'm yeah. saying if I'm not. I'm right. not saying that's the way it's going to go. I'm saying if I think that's the that, way it goes. I think they'll stick with that six highest rated champions. Okay, fine. So you can't risk running a team out there. Well, what do you mean six highest rated champions? Then wouldn't the Pac-12 be in? No, the Sun Belt with Coastal Carolina oh, ranked whatever. Did you just hear what Bob Huggins said? That's never going to happen. <laughs> well, it's on. not because all these conferences are going to get rid of their divisions. And I they don't should. think it's just a Pac-12 And thing. they should. I think they all will. And I don't really care about the others, although I'll care about the Big 12 uh, because yeah. of BYU. Uh, but for the Pac-12, the one that I care about the most, get away from, yeah. get away they from don't, it. They don't have divisions in the Big 12, and I would never even start them. I just... Plug well, in the no, new they, teams they when they show teams. up in a year and a half, and Oklahoma and Texas go away when they go away. Talk about no ranked teams. Utah's playing to be ranked. I believe they win yes. Saturday. They're ranked. They and I believe right now today they are one of the best twenty-five teams in the country right now. But a little slow to catch up because the voters didn't stay up late and see the ASU game. It happens. Ah, uh, no, I don't see. I think no that. rep for this conference. I think that's bullcrap. A voter, when I voted, even if I didn't see the game, I saw highlights. You can get, you can watch it other ways. There's all sorts of ways. You don't need to stay up and watch it. I, I disagree on that theory. No, they knew full well that the Devils had uh, the front running position, and the Utes came back with a sensational second half. Took it away. All right, DJ PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. The new Zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then The Zone welcomes Unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 7. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and 
PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Angie Machado, owner of BeaverBlitz.com, covering Oregon State for 24-7 sports. Angie joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is underway. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion, and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. Angie, good morning. Good morning. It's, it's appropriate you have Smart Rain as your sponsor because it is pouring here in Oregon. And it, that's a shock. I yeah, we were, we were talking about this early in the week, and it looked like it was going to rain every single day for like a week. You know, before, during, and after the game. Yeah, yeah. It's. It, I don't know. It, it was. It was. I mean, I'm an Oregonian, so I'm used to rain, but it poured last night. Good times here. Good times. All, all right. Before we get in, get into the game and break this down. PK was musing earlier. He wants to know if you're related to Manny. <laughs> You know what? Probably somewhere down the line. No, I don't know. No, it's my husband's name, and it's actually Portuguese. So I don't know if Manny's Portuguese. So I, I, I get asked all the time if I'm related to Manny or Rob Machado, the surfer, and I'll take any of the bu- above. Sure. Well, it's a cool last name. It rolls off the tongue so well. It does. Yeah. It does. How about rain during the game? There you go. See is all it, kinds. Is it going to? Um, actually, well, so I watched a weather forecast last night that actually showed kickoff forecast and, you know, the, the weatherman said it might be dry during kickoff. Okay. We'll, we'll see. And then by the middle of the first quarter, it'll pour again. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the pouring will get out of its system like today. That's, that's the hope. But yeah, it, we haven't had rain like this in, in quite some time. So, I mean, like, like you guys, we had a little drought kind of go in the summer, but, um, yeah, it'll it'll disappear pretty quickly here with this. So I'm curious with the with the running game in the rain. You know, when you're straight ahead between the tackles, I just don't think it's that big a deal. If you've got people who are looking to bounce outside, make a cut, you, you'll see people both offensively and defensively, their feet going out from under them. But is Oregon State just more straight ahead? It's full yeah. contact between the tackles. We're coming at you. Yeah, I mean they are, and that's. You know, I had questions going into the season about the run game. You know, after Jamar Jefferson declared for the draft a year early, and um, we had a couple untested. You know, B.J. Baylor had some spot action, and then Oregon State picked up Deshaun Fenwick, a a transfer portal guy from South Carolina. So that was kind of my question. You know, I I thought Oregon State was loaded at wide receiver, and and quarterback was okay. There were some questions there. But the offensive line and then the the duo of B.J. Baylor and Deshaun Fenwick have been really unstoppable, and I, I hate to say that, but... Um, you know, watching that Washington State game, Washington State could not stop the run game. And for whatever reason, Oregon State decided on that last drive when they were, were trying to, to tie it up to, to get away from the run. But um, the offensive line is the strength of this year's offense, and they have been doing a heck of a job in, in that run game blocking. So the Beavers start out a little slow, but then they get on a roll, and then they lose to uh, the Cougars up in Pullman. Uh, how much of the situation of maybe the air out of the balloon or it's just, hey, it's just one loss, everything that we want is still in front of us? You know, it, it's interesting because that's, I'm really anxious to see how this team bounces back because that, they had that tough loss in Pullman and then have that, the bye week. So, you know, we haven't seen much from the coaches, you know, from the, the week following right immediately following that Washington State loss. But the one thing I will, will say is that this coaching staff, you know, with Jonathan Smith, um, he's so even keel. He never gets too excited and he never gets too down. So I think 
you know, the team will, will respond to him. But I do want to see. I, I expect the team to come out a little sluggish to start the game. And um, Utah is probably the best opponent that the Beavers have faced yet um, this season. So um, I don't think they can really afford to be too sluggish for too long. But um, that is – we just released our, our staff picks, and that was my question is, how does this team respond? Are they going to come out, you know, ready to go? Or are they going to come out a little sluggish in that first quarter? So um, if they come out sluggish, it, it could be a long day for Oregon State. The 240 yards per game, number one in the Pac-12 in rushing. That came up at Kyle Winningham's press conference at the start of the week. Everyone's dialed into that number. Uh, but the fact that they ran for less than 80 yards against Purdue in the opener well, first off, I'm curious, how, how did that happen? Was it just it's the opener, it's on the road, and stuff happens? But then since then, that means they average, they're averaging 270 yards a game. These are, this is what you would expect out of Air Force, and we saw enough of Air Force in the Mountain West Conference days, and Utah State's still playing them. So how did they get stopped that first game, or is that just completely an outlier and doesn't matter? It was, it's interesting because Oregon State actually started with Sam Neuer as the quarterback in that game. Um, and he was the quarterback midway through the third quarter. So before they made the switch to Chance Nolan, so um, the offense really did nothing under Neuer. Sputtered. Um, they were trying to pass more, and then um, you know Purdue just had an answer kind of for for everything. But when Chance Nolan came in, the Beavers were able to put up two quick touchdowns and get it you know within striking range, um, and we're, we're moving the ball with him. So. Um, Yes, we've seen the O line in the run game get better as the as the season gone on has gone on, but the play calling has also changed dramatically since those first two and a half quarters um, in West Lafayette. Concern about the defense, you know, they're allowing almost fifty percent on the third down conversions, and Utah's offense is coming in with a ton of momentum on all four possessions in the second half against the Sun Devils. They scored touchdowns. So what's the level of concern there about Oregon State being able to get off the field defensively? You know, that's, you know Oregon State's defense has been the Achilles heel of this team for, for years. I mean, going back, you know, 10 years now, um, especially, though, under the Gary Anderson years and now under the Tim Tibisar, Jonathan Smith years. This, te- this defense is better, um, but that third down number is striking. They're, they're ranking 124th out of 130 teams in third down conversions right now. Um, I asked Coach Smith that at the press conference because, to me, that's concerning. That has not improved in his four years. I asked him if that was a scheme or a personnel issue because Washington State converted eight of eight third down conversions in the second half uh, two weeks ago. So that was, you know, he, he kind of gave me the coach speak of, well, it's a little bit of both. Um, it's a little scheme. It's, it's some personnel and it's some of the opponent just making plays, but that has to be a huge concern and that has to change. You know, Oregon state looking at the second half of the season has Utah, they have Stanford, they have ASU and Oregon all to close off this year. And if, if they want to make a bowl game and, and finish as, as strong and as hot as they kind of start it this year, that has to be the biggest concern of this, of this team. Because of the schedule is no one talking about winning the division. No, that's, that's still there. Um, I think it's kind of on, on the back burner. You know, it, it's kind of in the, the back of everyone's mind, and, you know, they don't really want to talk about it because they want to stay focused on one game at a time. And, um, you know, they are, you know, tied with Oregon for, for the Pac-12 North. And, and this is a team that has done some really good things. They just need to tighten up some things. And, um, you know, I, I think fans never would have expected, expected them to be in this position right now. Um, you know, it was bowl gamer, you know, this was, this was a year, you know, get to six wins and make a bowl game. And, and now 
everyone's kind of looking at, whoa, you know, this, this could be a, a big year. So um, it's kind of the unspoken around the team, though. And uh, Jonathan, like I said, even keel Jonathan Smith. And seriously, I have never seen a coach as even keel. I thought Mike Riley was even keel and, and Jonathan Smith is, is even more so than him. So um, that's, it's that one game at a time mentality. And I'm excited for this game though, because Oregon state and Utah, it, it seems to be a, a pretty fun matchup year after year. How many yards do you think they have to run for in order to win? Gosh, if the weather's as bad as it is now, they have to run for, you know, two fifty to three. Um, and, and the passing game, you know, that's where I, I thought Oregon State would really shine this year. You know, they have a couple tight ends that really haven't performed like I thought they would, like what we saw in fall camp, um, and, a, and a slew of, of wide receivers. So, um, but I, with the weather the way it is, I think they have to run for 300. So is that really any team or just looking out the window, it wouldn't matter who's playing, it doesn't matter? I mean, can the, U- the Utes are getting good at throwing the ball to their tight end and they're getting some plays out of their wide receiver, but is this just not – it's just not doable given how things are up there right now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Oregon State likes to do that too. Um, you know, like I said, they have a couple tight ends, Luke Musgrave and Tegan Quatoriano. They have, like I said, a slew of wide receivers. This is a group that they're, they're what, eight deep. So um, it's not like you have one guy that they're going to focus on. And I, and I know they'd like to be balanced to be able to run and pass the ball. But like I said, if, if it's not raining, yes, absolutely. I think both Utah and Oregon State are going to have some success in the passing game. But just what they're expecting and what they're calling for, I think it could be pretty nasty. Um, when, when you hear the word atmospheric river um, <laughs> on the weather forecast, <laughs> that, that just makes me think uh, it's going to be a, a ground and pound game for both teams. But when Nolan throws, they like to throw the ball downfield because they don't really throw the ball to the backs. No, yeah. I mean, we, we are seeing, it's interesting because I, I think they've been pretty vanilla still with some of their play call and, and we've seen some pieces of a, of a fly sweep returning back to Corvallis, and that has worked really well. I mean, Oregon State does have a couple really small, quick receivers that, that can do that fly sweep, real similar to what we used to see with James Rogers and Brandon Cooks and Sammy Strotter and some of that. But um, there's, a, there's a lot of the playbook I don't think we've seen offensively. But, um, you know, you have, you have Tyjon Lindsay's healthy, and he's really come along this year. He's a, a four-star transfer that came in from Nebraska. Um, we have Trayshawn Harrison lining up for for the Beavs. That um, he was a, a local Washington State four star that transferred from Florida State. So Oregon State is making a lot of use of that transfer portal and bringing guys in with maybe a, a higher talent level than some of the preps they may they re, may recruit. But um, another name I'll, I'll throw it out there for your for your listeners is An- uh, Anthony Gould. He's really come on strong the past couple games and not a name that many people would have heard about recruiting. He's a local kid from West Salem high school and um, fast shifty and has made some big, big plays down the stretch here for Oregon state. We're joined right now by Angie Machado, owner of beaverblitz.com covering Oregon state for 24 seven sports. And I am, uh, I'm curious of what you think watching the whole league here. It seems like when you just look at the standings, there's five teams with a chance to win the conference. But can you narrow that down pretty quickly, looking at them and dismiss some of those teams? Yeah, you know, I I mean, watch it. It's been kind of wild to watch. But I I think when you look at the North, I think you have to look Oregon, Oregon State are kind of right there. Stanford maybe the the next tier down. Um, But I think those three kind of stand out. I think the Pac-12 South, 
ASU and, and Stanford, or ASU and Utah obviously are, are right there. I, I just like Utah's physicality. Um, so I, I would actually, and I actually picked Utah to win the Pac-12 South this year preseason. So um, it, it's, I'm happy, I guess, to see the, the Utes uh, stepping up. And, and then UCLA, they're, they're kind of an enigma. I, they should be really, really good, and I think they've shown to be good, but um, they, they can stumble too. I, I think everybody in this league can stumble. Um, you know, and, and Oregon, I... Well, we lost Angie right there. That was abrupt. It was. I thought I pulled my headphones out of my socket. I'm here. And okay, she's good. back. All hey, right. Good. I'm back. Sorry. Technology. No, I, I, Technology's little, great until it isn't. A little rain delay. No problem. No, yeah, it's rain delay. So, no, I, I was saying that I think when you look at the North, Oregon State, Oregon, and, and then Stanford, maybe the next year down, or you're kind of the, the top three that stand out there. I, I do think Oregon has, has not been as dominant as people think they are. I, I, I don't think they are unbeatable at all. Um, Utah, I picked Utah to be the, the Pac-12 South, to win the Pac-12 South preseason, and, and they're kind of stepping up to that role. And then ASU, I think, is, is right there. But um, I think what we saw from Utah ASU was, um, you know, again, puts Utah above them in, in the, it's the cream of the crop of the, of the South. I think Oregon State's uh, key here is uh, uh, they finally found some stability in coaches, and Smith's one of your own, so to speak, there. And recruiting is picking up. I know it's a big recruiting weekend. They're expected to have a lot of kids at the game to uh, show off the program, so that's going to help. But it looks like, from a distance anyway, that this program's trajectory is pointing up. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, Coach Smith said it wasn't going to be a a quick turnaround, and um, but yeah, he, being that he played at Oregon State, went to school at Oregon State, he uses that, you know, on the recruiting trail. That hey, I've been to, cl- I've lived in these dorms, I've walked this campus, and um, you know, he knows what it takes to win. You know, he was part of the quarterback on that team that finished number four in the nation in 2000, and uh, he he knows. So he has built this team. There's stability. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he can keep the staff together. Um, as they find more success, but, um, you know, he is, he's getting a better, you know, he's, he's drawing attention from better athletes and, uh, he's, he's got them believing in Corvallis and in that locker room that, and and I think his tagline is we ain't done yet. And, and they really, they do believe that. Well, if I've taken anything away from uh, a few minutes on the phone with you here, it's the phrase atmospheric river. That sounds like a good time. The atmospheric river, yeah. So see, look at that. You you talk to me about football, and I'm able to drop some knowledge about weather. Atmospheric river. Well, that's the kind of of football game Kyle Whittingham would probably prefer anyway. Just smash mouth football, and here we go. Angie, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great day, you guys. Angie Machado, owner of BeaverBlitz.com, covering Oregon State for 24-7 sports. So there it is. Ground and pound. Let's go. See who can shove each other around for three hours and win that game. I have a hard time imagining that a team against Utah, Utah's defense, is going to give up 300 yards on the ground. I agree with you. But if, they, if Oregon State runs for 200, do they win? I mean, their average is 240. No. 270 since the opener. No. If you keep it to 200 or below, it's a W, baby. Because I think that Oregon State's defense is not going to be uh, good enough. Basically, yeah. yes. So they're, they're just not good enough. That number, the fact that teams are converting, I think it's 48.9% of their third downs. 
124th out of 130 in Division I football. The neighborhood they are hanging out includes Kansas and UMass. Third down's the only down. Get off the field, all that kind of stuff. If you're really bad at that, then you just can put together some drives. And this could be a really good game to have multiple backs. A lot of carries, long drives. You be the team with 70, 75 snaps. Make sure they get 50 or 55. Play keep away. Never let them get in rhythm. I feel better about Utah's chances after listening to her. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Alex Brink, Washington State radio football analyst, will join us again. Washington State lost to Utah State, lost to Utah, and now they got BYU coming in. We'll talk with Alex coming up at 9.10 right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's a Friday night showdown in Logan as Blake Anderson and the Aggies welcome in the Colorado State Rams for a big Mountain West Conference battle. Listen all week long for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Friday at 6.30. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Football Fridays presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible opponents. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. PK, catching up with the people. Got polls up at Twitter, and it is uh, overwhelming here. 72% of the people think the Utes are going to beat Oregon State. 73% think BYU will beat Washington State. 85% think the Aggies are going to beat CSU. And you're feeling better about the Utes now. Got the lowdown from Angie Machado, owner of BeaverBlitz.com. Right there on the third down conversions Oregon State is allowing. That's a major problem. Says there is a huge storm. Atmospheric River. Pounding uh, Corvallis and, well, a lot of Oregon, actually. I think that's a wash. Is that a joke? I can see where you thought it was a joke, but no. But I was meaning that it, it's... It'll impact equal. both teams. Neither team will be able to throw the ball that well. Yeah. I do think even in these conditions, there's a chance to make big plays. You don't want to go out and throw the ball, you know, four times out of five. And you get a first and 20, and now you're in trouble. So stay away from those penalties that put you in the bad down and distance. But... A chance to hit on a big play when everybody's overplaying the run and one guy misses a tackle and psh, gone. I just don't see a time where an opponent runs for 300 yards against Whittingham. He'll cut everybody on the spot. <laughs> Make them walk back from Corrales. Well, the advantage, one of the many advantages, uh, you were talking earlier about Steve Cleveland when he went to BYU and there was no depth and so guys knew they weren't going to be subbed and they didn't have to practice as hard because they were just better than the guys they were facing. The Utah defensive line, man, if somebody's screwing up, he can run another guy in there. He's got plenty of depth. And, And he's got Devin Lloyd. That's a bonus. Devin Lloyd's the best linebacker they've had. And they've had NFL linebackers. He's the best linebacker ever in this state. Ooh. Ooh. Rob Morris wants a word. Get him on the line. <laughs> I heard him on the air about a month ago. The freight train? He's awesome. He was freight, awesome. The freight train himself? Yeah. No, 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 no doubt. He was awesome. 
Yeah. And built maybe more for this game than the modern game because he's better against the run than the pass when he got to the NFL. Absolutely. And in college, he was Absolutely. good enough to do everything. Yeah. But in the NFL, that was a little Achilles heel. And Devin Lloyd in coverage. He's first team he All-American. First team. Goodbye, SEC. I got somebody better than you. And him filling gaps, making tackles, gives you a lot of confidence, as he should. He's a brilliant player. He's a prototypical modern linebacker. His impact on the NFL will be greater than Lawrence Taylor's was. That's where I draw the line. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) When you went to impact on the NFL, I was going, well, Bobby Wagner. Okay, now let's have a debate. Best linebacker. Because Bobby Wagner has had a long Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Oh, he's on a Hall of Fame track, no doubt. Yeah. He didn't come out of nowhere. He was very good in college, but he's upped his game big time. And the Seattle defense from the time they won the Super Bowl has changed hands and faces. I have to to look at a program to make sure I got it all right. And he's there. He was there then. He's there now. He's really, really good. He's awesome. I can argue he's the best. But I think Lloyd is going to have a more impactful college career. I'm not talking about NFL. Two different things. That they are. You know, just like you argue, well, Jimmer had the most impactful college career. And I'm not saying he did. I'm saying you can argue it. But obviously the pro career wasn't nearly as good as Andre Miller's for just off the top of my head. Uh, But that's that's. But to get back to the game at hand, to stop Oregon State's run game, the defensive line... Wins the battle, doesn't get pushed around, and the linebackers come in and make plays. And when he's one of your linebackers, filling some gap, making a play, or chasing somebody down when it looks like they got a chance, one of those fly sweeps she was talking about, and he just chases them down and drags them down, and it's not a big play. It's a three-yard gain. No, he's brilliant. He, he's absolutely brilliant. And he's lived up to the building. He was expected to be brilliant this year, and he is. He's a great player. He's fun to watch. Humble kid. Great interview. Uh, He's all interview team. I assume this is going to be it. And I have to always look at uh, their rosters. I don't know who's what eligibility-wise anymore with last year. But I would think a guy like him and Ford would go get some money. Especially him. What else you got to prove? Him, 100%. I never really... I mean, he almost went last year and then decided to come back and improve his stock. and. He's been awesome this year, so yeah. I assume this is it. And I just don't think a defense spearheaded by him is going to allow 300 yards. It very well could happen, but I, right here now, I would be very surprised. So I. But see, do they have to have 300 yards to win the game? Well, the expert is saying they need 250 to 300. That seems like an enormous number against the Utes. She said with the caveat that the weather as it stands currently would require that. Bring on your atmospheric river. All right. All that means is drizzle. We're going to bring on Alex Brink, Washington State radio football analyst. Alex joins us next. Stay with us.